Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. You know, we like to think we provide actionable intelligence about what's going on in Japanese politics. Things that are happening that might make sense in some contexts, but not in others. We like to weave that thing together, and we like to provide predictions about what that means going forward. A lot of the things that we talk about have direct business impact. A lot of people ask us questions about this, and we spend a lot of time dwelling on it. I'm joined once again today by political brainiac Michael Chuchek. Thank you, Michael. It's good to be here, as always. As always, we get together once a week. We talk about Japanese politics. We make predictions. We analyze things. We navel gaze. And hopefully, we produce a little bit of value. Last week, we decided that we weren't going to be talking about a double election anymore because it was so obvious to us that that pregnant opportunity had come and gone. It just really wasn't worth the, the, the gamble for the prime minister to do that. And in the span of just maybe 10 days, a lot of trial balloons have come up, and it seems like it's shaken the LDP, the confidence that the LDP has had going into this election. It's probably in the second week or the third week of July. It's not that far off. It's very strange that we're going back to this subject one week later. We thought we were just going to dump it and move on. They thought so, but this past week, this idea of having a double election has been rising and falling in a really violent up and down motion so that one day it's on, one day it's off. Now, the reason that they'd be having a double election is because ostensibly the prime minister's party is primed and ready to go. And what's the point of waiting for a few more months or a year or two to have another election? Let's put both the House of Councillors and House of Representatives elections together in history, that has always led to a landslide victory for the LDP. Why not go for, I think it's happened twice, so there'll mm -hmm. be third time's the charm. It's a strange confluence of events that allows the prime minister to potentially close down the House and call an election at the same time that it coincides with the regularly scheduled election for half of the uh, members of the upper house. The House of Councillors has to have an election in July, basically, mm -hmm. because their term in office ends at the end of July. And the, the date that everyone's been focusing on and, and converging on is July the 10th for mm -hmm. that election. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday, and it's just after the new law allowing 18 to 19-year-olds to the right to vote. That law comes into play at the end of June, which opens up that part of the electorate, a new, for the first change in the suffrage in 70 years. That doesn't happen until late June, so the idea is, okay, July 10, get it over with early in that month before the summer heat really comes in mm -hmm. and all that. Great. Why not have both elections at that point? Sure, this, the last time we had an election was only in 2014, December, so it's really soon. You're only, it's only a year and a half later, but running two elections in this year, which is what they were talking about, having an April mm -hmm. dissolution earlier, uh, is is sort of in the mix. And if you're going to do it, well, do them all both at the same time, save money, save the effort, and force the opposition to fight on two fronts simultaneously. That seemed like a good idea. It seemed like a good idea. And the reason why this is so important to us is because it has a big impact on whether the uh, implementation of the tax will actually take place. I mean, it is in the diet now. It will be passed before the diet ends on, on uh, March 31st. 
and it will become law, but the prime minister still has the opportunity to say, um, the economy can't take that sort of hit. I'm going to push it off. And by the way, we're going to have an election. Why don't you vote for me as an endorsement of my decision not to increase the taxes? Yeah. Well, the, the consumption tax rise is written in the law, and it's been delayed once. Mm -hmm. in or and that happened in 2014. Mr. Abe delayed it. And as a sort of referendum on his decision to delay, he dissolved the House of Representatives and went into a general election, which the LDP and its coalition partner, Komeito, did very well in. Right. They have a two-thirds majority in the House of Representatives. They can override anything that happens in the House of Councillors, which they also control, which makes everything nice and sweet. Now, that is the pattern. And this week, he's been meeting in a uh, council that he, he puts together these councils all the time. And that's Wiseman. The, yeah, the Wiseman councils that... And that's a technique that a prime minister has to push forward policy ideas that he or his allies may have that would or not come out of the normal policy-making apparatus of either the ministries or the LDP itself. If he wants to do something like dissolve the diet, he needs a reason, and he needs some kind of intellectual backup. Right, or a trial balloon, to, just to float it out, have the, the press report on that sort of thing, engage what the... the the reaction is. So he put it together this, this council called the International Finance and Economic Assessment Council. And it sounds really impressive, but what it is is basically all the econ-related ministers in the cabinet meeting with the Bank of Japan governor and an invited guest. And these invited guests have so far been Western, well, non-Japanese economists, particularly Nobel Prize winners. Very prominent. Right. Yeah. So he's had Paul Krugman come by just this week, and then last week he had Joseph Stiglitz and Dale Jorgensen from Harvard, and he puts them in the room, and they he listens to them, and they suggest, don't raise the tax. It's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, the, the economy can't take it. Right. And he says, hmm. Very I, powerful statements. And, it, and it, it gives him the environment to say, you know, this mm -hmm. isn't my necessarily my idea, but the world's smartest economic brains say it. So let's go for it. And and it's 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 telegraphed. the The head of the Socialist Party asked him in the Diet later, mm -hmm. "Isn't aren't you just doing this in order to get an excuse for you to dissolve the Diet and have a double election? Isn't that what this whole thing is about?" And he said, of course, he, he prevaricated. He did, not, right. he did not say, yes, that's what I'm doing. But it sure looks that way. Sure. But in this environment, and it's only been like two weeks, Michael, that the LDP has, I mean, it just looks like it's suffering from disorganization, disarray. A lot of things have come up that we, we didn't predict. Well, I mean, it is kind of the season for this sort of thing to happen. Bunshun writes some articles. It shakes it up. Perhaps a, a couple of... Um, Cabinet ministers are attacked or identified. That's happened. But now it really looks like structurally uh, the messages are getting quite mixed. Well, certainly we're, we're seeing some of the, the wheels coming off mm -hmm. of effect that we saw when Abe was first prime minister. And I remember the Tokyo Shinbun actually had a, a one cartoon of a car with its wheels off and going off in all directions in the, uh, talking about the cabinet. Here we had, in the last week, we had Ishiba Shigeru, the minister of economic revitalization of the regions, reading to the Diet uh, uh, the uh, draft of a bill in committee, 
looking kind of flustered and, and, and out of control and doing it very quickly. It was, it was only a, a reading. It wasn't actually a, a full committee meeting. And then after he finished it, everyone realized that he had read the text mm -hmm. of a bill that had already been introduced. And that happened. We had the Minister of, of Industry. Inter in Internal Affairs. She was um, um, right. sitting next to uh, Minister Shiozaki as he was responding to questions. She was reading a book. She was checking her email. She was taking a nap. It was really, it was so disrespectful I know, of you the process. You, I know. You, normally, you only see that in the back rows of the plenary sessions. Right. Of, of course, when, they, when they're in there for hours and hours and hours going through the readings of bills, of course the people in the back rows who are usually of quite a, some age nod off and then the cameras take pictures of them sleeping right. on the job. But this was right in committee meeting, front row seat, that she was just not there. Well, that's what I'm trying to say is that the cabinet used to be really tight, well-managed. Uh, Mr. Suga had a tight rein on it. And everybody was working in unison. And you see, like, once again, the, the wheels are coming off, you know, that the press is going to focus on that. And um, the minister reading from the wrong script, I watched that live, and he was challenged. It, it seems, Mr. Minister, that you're not very well prepared today. And he admitted, yes, it, I could have been a little that, bit... That was in, in, in the Hayashi case, yeah, where Moto Hayashi of Medi, when he was asked, you know, I'm asking you all these questions about the about He was nuclear flustered, and it was, it just, I mean, you're supposed to be prepared for this sort of thing. The questions are given to you in advance. Ah, uh, yeah, most of the time. Though there's, there's, there are some people who do do trick questions. Mm -hmm. But in this case, he just, he, he was asked by the, the DPJ ask, questioner, is this, would you consider yourself not being prepared for today? And to the guys, to, to Hayashi's credit, he said, yeah. I could have been better prepared. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And, but the thing is, that's the that's the the balance. If, if things are going badly, do you go into a, a House of Representatives election? Well, exactly. I mean, you, you have to wonder. It's not just the politicians who decide things. Media decides mm -hmm. how, what the narrative is going into a pol political campaign. And we saw, at least during the Koizumi era, that they could have a huge effect in the last few weeks of a campaign on framing the debate. Yes. And presenting the way that everything builds it up to the crescendo the crescendo and they have their own agendas mm -hmm. and currently because they feel oppressed right now by all the things that have happened to them the special special designated secrets act right. that, which increased the penalties fivefold for people who reveal secret journalists who re, who reveal secrets mm -hmm. there the uh what's going on at NHK what's going on at all the TV stations in terms of the announcers being turned over. The military security bill, the, the graduation things. of the, the new recruits. Yeah, all of this, they, they are re feeling really punchy right now. Yes. And they can frame this debate and they can frame the election if he calls a, a House of Council, mm -hmm. a House of Reps election. They can frame it in a way that is really debilitating to the D to the LDP. Right. Well, they always publish a um, an analysis of where the prime minister is, what, what his standing is like. And they do it a, a comparative analysis, how he's been doing typically over the last 12 months. And they chart these, these graphs and, and they ask people, once a month it's published. And when his numbers are kind of going down, it looks like, you know, it's, it's, it's on the downswing. This is not a good time for you to hold an election. You want to hold the election when you're on the upswing. And the numbers are, are really kind of shaky. They're not very strong. He is at about 50% level right now. Which is great in terms of the historical record, given. Right. But things are happening, things that we watch all the time that have 
real political impact that would guide a prudent prime minister to say, let's just let half of the upper house have their election and we'll just take a bye for right now. I mean, we have to go through the list. We have the Amari scandal, mm -hmm. which is still, the prosecutors haven't filed charges against anybody and they're still working on the case that, that we may see mm -hmm. the, the right-hand man of, of Mr. Abe suddenly being hit with something from out of the blue. We have uh, Minister Shimojiri not being able to read the names of the islands she's supposedly trying to get back from Russia. Right. This is the the lip, the press and the opposition parties can take this. They and create a narrative they, exactly, and that that this these people are exhausted, and it doesn't help that the GDP figures. Sure, they were kicked up a little bit, but still, it's minus one point one percent GDP growth per in, in the first quarter. This, this is just not going well for them. And that point, you have to say, and, and yesterday, the Diet Affairs Committee Chairman, the Kokai Taisaka Incho of the LDP, uh, Mr. Sato Tsutomu, mm -hmm. said, you know, this is not an environment that, that's good for a double election. We're having, we're seeing within the LDP and within the cabinet a little, a little laxity. Mm -hmm. People are slipping up. This is not. This does not look good. And he, Sato is reputedly very close to the chief cabinet secretary, uh, Suga Yoshihide, and that he's sort of seen as a voice of Suga uh, in certain ways. So if Sato is not happy with what's going on and does not feel confident, we're seeing a sign from the government that maybe the double election that we said we shouldn't be talking about and we find ourselves talking about. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about it. About that. You know, and this doesn't occur in a vacuum. I mean, we're just talking about the LDP and, and, and the, the uh, tremendous focus that the press is putting on them and trying to pick things up that, you know, maybe put a little bit of dirt on, on a nice clean coat, you know, to get them, you know, back on track perhaps. But also the opposition party is going through its own ramifications and there's a lot going on. We should talk about that. Uh, well, I think we're, we're, we've got a, a, a special segment uh, today that is focusing just on the uh, opposition parties and the interesting things that they're doing. But it is a, a really interesting time. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Frequently, we focus on the opposition parties and the disarray that they suffer. Recently, there was a merger of two parties, the DPJ and the Ishin Noto. We talk about that with some bemusement because the stakes are really high, the election is coming down the path, and we just wish that people would get their acts together so that there would be a really fair democratic process. Michael Chuchek, you join me again today. You're watching this very closely. The opposition parties now, you're watching this, and they're doing some things that they have never done in history in preparation for this upper house election. It's really strange that when we began this year, we were talking only about how completely out of it the opposition parties were. Mm -hmm. We had nothing nice to say about them, and perhaps we shouldn't have said anything at that point. But what we had to say was, this is not going to work. This is, not, this is a terrible idea. They, for example, the DPJ's incredible poster, yes, you may hate us, please vote for us so that we can act as an opposition party. That was their campaign poster. Mm -hmm. You'd see, you just thought, my, these people just simply don't have it, and the LDP is going to run rampant over them. And that, in fact, invites Prime Minister Abe, give, forces him almost, to call a double election. Sure. But now, 
the, the tables have turned. The LDP look, has slip-ups, and it's been very much helped by a revived a weekly magazine culture in Japan mm-hmm. that has suddenly, after many decades almost of dormant behavior or sort of floor mat behavior, has suddenly become the the thing you have to read each week to find out what the news is going right. to be. Because all the scandals are coming out in the weekly magazines. Not... Not on television, not Not in the newspapers. You would have thought that the newspapers are the promoter of free speech and and telling people what the real story is, and they've fallen in the wayside. They are very careful about what they say these days. They're being very, very careful. So is television. And now the the weeklies, who, when we first came here, there was a must-read because Mm -hmm. it was only in the weeklies that anything lively happened. They're back. And they have been going after the powers that be. Very big time. Very big time. Mm -hmm. And... Anybody that even attempts to join the power structure gets absolutely savaged. This week, Otodake, the the uh, the handicapped activist who was who has been recruited to run on the proportional list for the LDP, there is a, a scandalous story about him printed in, of course, Shukan Bunshin. All right now, that is hitting the ruling party and the ruling coalition. At the same time, the DPJ, the main opposition party has finally finalized its merger with the Innovation Party, this rump party, of which used to be part of the Osaka big tent party that seemed to be the new opposition in Japan, mm-hmm. but has since splintered and is now basically just a regional element. The leftovers in Tokyo and elsewhere in the country have are flowing quickly into the DPJ. The price for that is the loss of the name of the party. Right. So where it was used to be called the Minshu To, the, the Democratic Party, and they put on of Japan in the English language version, it's now called Minshinto, which sounds very much like Taiwan's Democratic Progressive Party. But in order to avoid confusion in the English language, they're going to call it Democratic Party. Uh, this DP, I guess we'll be calling it, uh, is it's come together. It's, and there are other, other independents that are now flowing into the party, which you wouldn't expect. You would think that they would all try to get into the LDP because the LDP is the winner. Right. But the LDP doesn't look like a winner right mm-hmm. now, seemingly. For these uh, independents who have been floating about ever since the big tent DPJ exploded under, with all of its elements going in all directions during that brief time they were in power, it's coming back together and we're looking at not just a good, solid opposition central party, but then satellites also. And one of the satellites for the first time ever is the Communist Party. Right. The Communist Party is also taking on a a new energy and deciding to do things that they have never done in the past. Well, the the signal was the uh, seating at the opening of the diet, which is done by the emperor. We reported that. We talked about that. that. The the communists showed up for the first time ever to sit and listen to the emperor. Now, ostensibly, they're not for the emperor as existent and his constitutional role at all. But in order to demonstrate that they were willing to sacrifice and get this alliance, well, it's coalition, who knows what it is, going. They were willing to make that step. And they've gone beyond it. And they're going to be making all kinds of concessions based on 
their historical precedent, which is always being the spoiler. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be the spoiler. They're not going to have candidates in every district. They, this is fact, new. This, this is, is very new. This is something that goes against what everyone thought was their fundamental principles of of operation, mm -hmm. that they would always have a candidate in every election, in every district. Not so. That is changing the dynamic significantly, particularly in these upcoming elections, which where we're seeing, for, which are the by-elections for the Hokkaido and the Kyoto seats. Right. The Hokkaido 5 is coming up uh, in, in about three weeks, an mm -hmm. election that many people will hold as a barometer for what the upper house election will hold. Well, we see in, the Kyoto election is pretty much, the LDP's probably given up on that mm -hmm. one because the, the disgrace of Miyazaki Kensuke and his uh, extramarital affairs during his wife's pregnancy mm -hmm. just, just blows out that seat. It's a strong communist stronghold and the Give communists- Give it up for loss, let's focus yes, elsewhere. Yes, that's right. They're, 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 the communists are gonna vote for whoever the opposition candidate is. They've made that agreement. It looks like a completely fried position for mm -hmm. the LDP. The Hokkaido one, they're making deals in order to make sure that that doesn't go. Like Unbelievable, they're bringing back Munio Suzuki to come back and help them win this election. Unbelievable, the, the guy who epitomizes corruption and the LDP's nadir, the mm -hmm. absolute base level, is suddenly absolutely necessary because he controls, what? 20,000? 20, 20,000 20, votes, votes in Hokkaido right. and in that district, and he can deliver. Right. And so his daughter, who was a member of the DPJ, uh, has left that party and is now an independent. And what was she doing the other day? She was lofting softballs to the to the prime minister for him to hit out of the park. What a what a what a seduction. Listen, I don't know if viewers think that this is as interesting as it really is, but in light of the the communist party coming up with a new algorithm for getting more votes, they're going to give up some seats and they're going to focus on other seats. The LDP through uh, Miss Suzuki came up with uh, um, a criticism of the um, Communist Party as a violent group, and it was reported in the newspaper just I think today or yesterday. We should have a just a we should focus on the Communist Party in a, in a special segment just for the, just for that. It's I think so. It's yeah. huge. And the thing that we we also have to understand is that the DPJ is really in charge. Mm -hmm. While we talk about the communists, this merger that's happening, Okada is staying on as the new party leader whatever the name of the party is, Minshinto, whatever you want to call it in English. The secretary general is going to be Edano Yukio, the guy who's the secretary general of the DPJ. The policy research council head is also going to be a DPJ mm -hmm. member. Uh, Yamao Shiori is her name. She's, it's going to be a DPJ tent, which is, they're only, all they're doing, and it's expensive, they're changing the stationery. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes. That, now, historically, that's not a good idea. Parties that have changed names prior, just prior to elections have done poorly in a historical record sense. But they had to do it. They, the, uh, the, that was the price that the Japan Innovation Party demanded in order for the merger to happen. And Okada had to make the merger happen. And now it's happened. And they'll work it out later. Almost certainly after the election, they'll revert to the old mm -hmm. name. Yes, as we said earlier, politics makes strange bedfellows. And you can see that in them closing the ranks at the DPJ or the 
current uh, Democratic Party. Um, there are a lot of people that are opposed to it within the party, but they're biding their time and they're they're you know swallowing you know what needs to be swallowed so that they can move forward. And it looks like this is building up for a real street fight for the upper house election. I also think that it is this is kind of a poison pill. If the prime minister thinks he's going to have a double election, you better watch out because we, the opposition, not just the Democratic Party, but the communists too, we're working in conjunction with them too. They had a meeting just yesterday, and it wasn't about House of Counselors. It was for coordination in a case of a House of Representatives election. Mm -hmm. They're already picking joint candidates for that. If the, the, the prime minister thinks he can do the same trick twice, bring Krugman here, yes. have Krugman tell him, don't do the tax rise. Wrong don't, direction. Don't do the tax rise. And he, he doesn't. He says, I'll delay it once again. And because I delayed it, I have to have a national referendum that I know that the people approve of what I have done. If he thinks he's going to do it again, the same way he did it in 2014, he, the, the opposition is telling him, bring it on. Right. And that is something is really different. Well, didn't wasn't it the chief cabinet secretary that just said a couple of days ago, we're not going to um, bypass the implementation of the consumption tax. We're going to move forward unless there's like a Lehman shock or perhaps a, another tsunami or something really huge. We're moving forward. Yeah, that, the, the, uh, the signals coming out of the LDP right now are very mixed. And one has to think that the, the narrative has shifted. Mm -hmm. for, has shifted in the favor of the opposition. Whether this is just a, tr a, a fashion that the, the press has finally decided, okay, we, we've, we've played the game long enough. Mm -hmm. It's time for us to move on to back to being advocates, back to being on the side of people who want to overthrow the LDP. We're, we're tired of being the lapdogs. We want to be the watchdogs of, of the political process. Whether that's what's happening, I certainly, I, I would certainly think that would make politics more interesting. I can't say I, I hope that's what's right. happening, but I, I can certainly say that Abe's in a place where he doesn't necessarily want to be. Let's talk just for a second for the benefit of some viewers who are wondering, you know, this animation that we have, this excitement that we have about this, this situation, you know, why is it so important? Why do we focus on this? What are the implications for this moving forward? Why, why even be focused on it? Well, in this case, for my interest is always good governance. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to have good governance when there's one major party that's going to definitely win. Right. At that point, you have Fewer people who are willing to challenge the system, fewer people willing to run for public office, because what's the point? The LDP candidate's going to win, who cares? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. There are fewer people getting involved in the process. The, 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 voting, right, the voting rate goes down because people say, what's the point? You know, I, I can't vote for anybody I want to vote for, and even if I did, that my vote would be overwhelmed by the, the LDP's machine. And what happens, of course? Arrogance self-dealing, trying to give everybody something rather than focusing on strategic mm -hmm. issues. You know, I, we need to you know, go this way and drop that. That decision-making process can only happen if you know, there is a way of losing. Mm -hmm. But if there's no way for the ruling party to lose, governance goes down the drain. As much. And right. that's my excitement. Right. When things perk up, that means 
the governing principles will get better. Well, also it has an economic impact for people who are doing business here because if in fact there will be a double election, you can probably guess that the consumption tax will be withheld for another year or so. Oh, the, the, the direct implications in terms of fiscal spending, in terms of, of tax relief, Oh, they're, they're all there. Right. And I mean, we have just floated yesterday a brand new idea to stimulate the economy, which is the, the counterpart to giving the 30,000 yen a month gift to poor elderly. Now, why stop there? Why stop there? We're going to give them to the poor young, too. Mm -hmm. But we're going to give them in a way that they can't bank it. They're not going to give them cash. We're going to give them instead vouchers, shohinken, mm -hmm. uh, uh, these coupons, which they can only use for purchasing items. They can't they cannot convert it into cash mm -hmm. legally. Of course, we all know the moment they start getting handed out, we're going to see on the internet all kinds of exchanges, right. cash for coupons. Right. Well, we were also <laughs> talking about negative interest rate, and it was interesting to see the governor of the Bank of Japan in a press conference with the prime minister kind of disengaged, like um, the minister during questioning too, disengaged from the conversation because he's the Bank of Japan, the prime minister is doing his thing, I'm doing my own thing. A lot of subliminal signals that are being sent out about where the economy is going, who's going to be getting a higher um, salary, you know, with the Shunto um, activities of, 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 of the labor force. Well, the, the thing is, the, the okay, if I, we're going to make predictions. I predict that very soon the Abe administration is going to have to pivot against corporate interests. The Shunto labor offensive, the spring labor offensive. Almost no progress. 1,500 yen a month base up in most industries. 1,500 yen. That's less than 50 yen a day, which cannot, you know, if you get, which means after a week you can buy yourself a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. That was the base salary offer, and that's what the, the unions have to settle for on a month, 1,500 yen a month. That's not going to spark inflation. Right. That's not going to give people a, a desire to go shopping. It's just not going to do anything for the economy. So the, uh, they've had three years to really start reducing their cash mountain and pushing it out into the people. And that's what Mr. Abe has been crying for, demanding. One of the three arrows, it's raise the level of, of uh, income. Uh, it's going to be going to go forward. It hasn't. I'm sure we're going to see that pivot. It is going to be a populist turn. I'm almost certain about that. But isn't the timing kind of off kilter? I mean, now is the time for the negotiations of higher salaries. Once that's done, oh, it's we move, done now, right? It's done. They've already agreed. The, the unions have agreed to this meager salary increase. Of course, it's across the board. Of course, mm -hmm. it's every person inside the union gets the fifteen hundred. But it's still only fifteen hundred. Mm -hmm. It's 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 an insult. It's, 15, it's less than 15 U.S. dollars per month increased pay. It's nothing. Okay. Corporations are still sitting on mountains of cash. They're still sitting on mountains of cash, and there's nothing down the pipeline. They've had, in fact, not tax, income tax rising. They've had income tax cuts, and the, the government is committed to income mm -hmm. tax cuts. So that cash mountain will only get larger because they're paying less in taxes. This is going to be combustible and I'm sure we're going to see some really, really populist statements from the prime minister just after the beginning of the new fiscal year. Right. The fiscal year ends in maybe six days. Yeah. Uh, we move into April 1st. It's a whole new game. It's a whole new game. They've, they, they've put away their, their ledgers for the year. 
we've already finished the, the labor negotiations. We're going to see what the profits are at the companies. And if the companies, well, it's too late now. They're, they've already proven their stinginess. Yes. It's, it's going to be open season. Probably. Okay, the next big thing on the schedule is Hokkaido election. We've, we're going to forget about the, the Kyoto election because that's that's a gimme. That's a, probably a gimme. The, 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 the opposition would really have to mess up. In and then after it. that, the next big blip is the G7. The G7, which is ostensibly what the, the reason why Mr. Abe is putting together this special council, mm -hmm. but everyone knows it's got an ulterior motive. But the, the G7, Japan is going to host it. Goodness knows if the, the, the anti-terrorist... Uh, Preparations that have they've been making will be sufficient. We hope so. It's kind of hard to get to Isishima. Uh, it's hard to get into the country. We have luckily a moat around the country, right. and it's not necessarily a place that troublemakers get into very easily. Except uh, for me and you. Oh well, you and me. Well, they, <laughs> that 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 was before they really had to lock down the the, the uh, boundaries. <laughs> but they're going to have to put on a good show there. But even so. You have a feeling, just have this feeling that the momentum has shifted, that mm -hmm. it's not going to be a coronation for Mr. Abe, that in fact he's going to come out of it in a sort of ambiguous, there will be some kind of ambiguous statement at the end or maybe no statement of unified purpose, and then he has to face election. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's putting a lot of, a lot of marbles on, on G7. I think he's going to come out smelling very good. And I think that there, there, there will be a buildup of something else in the context of the G7 where he can go into the election, at least for the upper house, and come out smelling like a rose. Okay. My general understanding is, given the polls the way they are for the parties, the LDP is set to take back some seats from the DPJ. My view is it's not going to be enough for the House of Councillors to be in the two-thirds majority. Sure that he needs in order to amend the Constitution. Fine, okay. But he'll still have a majority. He'll have a majority in the House of Reps. They'll be in, they'll be in control. The coalition will still The coalition manage. will still be there, right. whatever. That is my view. Even though, as we're saying, the opposition's waking up. Very interesting stuff. Please continue to stay tuned. There's a lot going on here. You can anticipate a lot more coming up. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. You know, the Japanese Communist Party was a party that was authorized by General MacArthur at the end of the war when freedom of speech and the political process was reignited under the occupation. Recently, the Japan Communist Party has come under some scrutiny, probably as a part of a political move by the Liberal Democratic Party, since they're beginning to form more of a power base than they might like. Michael Chuchek, isn't this an interesting mix? The Japan Communist Party is identified as a violent group now. Oh, that, that was something that I guess that we may have read as a single line in a history book somewhere along the line, but forgot. Right. But on this week, we suddenly had it thrust back into our faces. Now, you have to know that the Communist Party in Japan was founded in 1922 and was immediately banned. It was illegal. And it remained illegal and its leaders, when they were ever they were captured by the special police forces or the regular police forces were put in prison, and they were all stayed in prison until 1945. Right, because one of the, the precepts of the party was, we want to overthrow the, the political process and we want to dominate. And therefore, they were threatening the person of the emperor, mm -hmm. and at that point, they were a subversive group that had to be suppressed right. under the law. 
especially the Peace Preservation Law of 1925, which made it absolutely illegal to even believe that the government should be overthrown, uh, uh, that anything should happen to the emperor. Ironically, the persons who legalized the Communist Party were the Americans who arrived in the occupation and drafted a constitution, one of the articles of which gives you the right of total freedom of association which means you can join any party you want, which meant that the communists were now mm-hmm. entirely okay. Also, at that political time, it was really, uh, you know, the communists were like the evil monsters. We don't want to have anything to do with them. It was a very strange little thing that happened, and, of course, all of this wonderful warmth ended the moment North Korea invaded South Korea in 1950. Everything changed. Everything changed at that point. But in the 1950s, the Communist Party was registered by the National Police Agency, which no longer had the United States looking over its shoulder since the occupation ended in 52, as a violent mm-hmm. group. That required, that meant that the North National Police Agency had not only a, a right to, but a duty to keep them under surveillance. And that was done way back when, you know, mm-hmm. 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And we'd forgotten all about it. Of course, the Communist Party members know because police are constantly checking on them. Right. And they're always around. And when there's a Communist Party rally, some kind of peace rally, there is an inordinate number of policemen mm-hmm. and frequently taking video and all that. They can, talk, they can go on and on and on for hours about that. But it, it really, it's really indicative of the, the LDP's and Mr. Abe's focus on this one election that we're having, which is the Hokkaido District 5 election, that suddenly we're here talking about it today. Mm -hmm. And that's because this legislator... Yes, Miss Suzuki, the daughter of Munio Suzuki up in Hokkaido, she was, I guess, prompted to make a comment during diet hearings, and she said that... uh, Is it not true that, Mr. Prime Minister, that the communists are actually listed as a violent group. Why would, why would somebody even do this? I mean, it was a, a, a softball lob for him to say in public, yes, they are you know, a violent group and we need to watch out for them. Yeah, but that's exactly what they want to do because they want to emphasize that the, their, the opposition parties, which are co- now cooperating They're with starting the communi- to build up a lot of steam. With the, com- with the Communist Party. And the Communist Party is going to support whoever is running against mm-hmm. the LDB candidate in Hokkaido District 5, the, that they're not going to run their own candidate, that you should know who these people are. Is that, is, wow, what a throwback. Let's talk just a little bit about the Japan Communist Party. You know, when I talk to people about politics in Japan and they learn maybe for the first time that the Communist Party is an established party here, it represents a certain cadre of intellectuals. It has um, a, a member running for election in almost every election district. And the Communist Party is not quite the Communist Party that you might think of when you think of North Korea or China or, or some of these other Communist parties. It is really is something substantially different. In terms of its behavior, it's basically a social democratic party. And yes, it has all these wonderful, archaic, Soviet-sounding position names in the party. The, leader, the leadership is, is mostly intellectuals, but 
the membership is either the teachers' union, right, which very heavy into education, education and and, uh, and other labor unions. So mm -hmm. it it is a labor party, basically, right, of, of 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 Japan. It's one of the more radical ones, and one that is strongly pacifist. It simply does not accept the uh, existence of the SDF, the self defense forces. It doesn't accept the United States Japan security arrangements. It's against these things. It thinks that J Japan's path is pure pacifism, purely outside of, of world uh, military politics. Its main source of income is its newspaper. Yes. It's the only party that doesn't take public funding. And they like to facetiously submit. And now, because they have 21 members in the House of Reps, they can submit bills. Mm -hmm. They did really well in the last House of Reps election, getting their first district uh, elect, uh, representative for the first time since 1993. They've got 21 members and they submit bills all the time saying, let's end public funding of political right. parties, which all the micro parties start to suddenly say, oh, don't take away our stuff. Yes. That's what we live for. But I mean, honestly, there are some things to admire about the Japan Communist Party. I mean, they, they do represent their constituency and their constituency is characterized by, you know, rather high levels of, of education. They're, they're dispersed throughout the, the entire in intelligentsia and in the, in the universities. They're teaching the children. Right, and they, they are the teachers' union. And of course, that has set up a huge fight constantly with the conservative bureaucracy of the Ministry of Education. That, that, that war has been going on for 50 years, mm -hmm. and, it's been, and it's really brutal. And whenever the teachers have a, uh, their national convention, the black sound trucks are always from the right, far right are always passing around right. and blaring away. You, you traitors, you terrible perverter of children's minds. It's it's really hardcore, tough politics, and yet they're really pacifists, mm -hmm. which brings the whole concept. Of the violent group. I mean, it almost sounds like Boryokudan, you know, the yeah, gangster. Yeah, you think that these these were people, you know, with 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 scars on their right. faces, and instead it's 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 women with big glasses holding babies. You know, it's it's not the Communist Party that of of thugs. Okay, so why would the LDP want to do this? I mean, there's an election going on in Hokkaido. Munio Suzuki's daughter is kind of lobbying this up to the the prime minister. We, I, I think he's. I think the LDP is afraid of the Japan Communist Party actually making a difference in Hokkaido 5. Yeah, and and the, making a difference by stepping back mm -hmm. and saying, we're not going to put a, a, a candidate of our own out there. We're going to vote for the progressive candidate, whomever that may be. Mm -hmm. We will be cooperative. That has been always been a nightmare for the LDP, that the communists would finally wake up from their decades of slumber and their decades of, of throwing roadblocks in the way of progressive parties, mm -hmm. that they would su suddenly say, you know, if you vote for us in this district, we'll vote for you in that district, mm -hmm. has always been the nightmare and it's coming true. It's never happened. And it tells you, at least it signals to you, how, how important it is for the LDP to smash this, to kind of kill this initiative that has been gained because they don't want to have that kind of coalition. It's not even a coalition. It's just a, it's a sharing of, of interests among the opposition parties to perhaps not really topple 
the power of the LDP, but to give them a, a punch in the nose and to bloody their nose and then to the make power. them think about what they've been doing. Right. And gosh darn it, that looks like what's happening. And so what does the LDP do? Of course, under the table, it tries to portray the Japan Communist Party as basically a terrorist group. Mm -hmm. Based on declarations that it made in 51 or 52, it was a different time. Sure. It was, I mean, really a different time. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people who are listening weren't around when these declarations were made. It's, it's way, way back. It's bef back before even the founding of the LDP. This, is, this, this kind of sudden shift to demonizing the JCP, the Japan Communist Party. I mean, I, I knew they would always do it about the teachers' union, but to go all the way back to the police surveillance rules, that's pretty amazing. Okay. Well, this is just one example to show you, to reveal to you, how important this next election coming up in July is going to be. The LDP is gambling a lot. They're putting a lot into this. Members of the opposition party are thinking about where they want to be. Please stay tuned. A lot of this stuff is happening. It's very important to keep an eye on it. We'll be watching it for you.